caught with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh -huh. Caught with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop Okay, we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship game. Cause I ball hard. Don't just be by harder. I am the bird man. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of The Fizz. Thank you all for joining us here. We are in an undisclosed location in downtown Detroit. I'm your host, Frank Cerise, alongside my co-host, J.U. Colcrick, former NFL and MSU running back. J.U., how are we doing today? Good. How are you doing, Frank? Pretty good. Pretty good. How was the week with Thanksgiving? It was good. Uh, you know, I saw some strange things this week. Oh, God. Yeah. Did you go back to Buffalo? <laughs> no. Okay. No, Buffalo is beautiful things. Yeah. Um, I was actually flipping through TV watching, and uh, I stopped. Late night, Cinemax. Yeah, I, no, no, I wish. All right, fine. I stopped on ESPN. That's and too bad. they had disc golf. Disc golf. Yes. That's where we're at these days? Yeah, and it was absolutely, these people were, like, so serious they sling that disc, don't they? Yeah, but they were so serious. And they had caddies. They had this other idiot had a backpack on full of different Frisbees in it. No way. And the guy would go, he would look at it like like it was real golf. He would look at it, and then he would be like, ah, oh, no, I don't want Then he this idiot will back up with his backpack. He will open a pull a different Frisbee. Then he will get a towel, wipe his hands off. That's crazy. Yeah, it have was you, absolutely nuts. Have you ever participated in disc golf? No. Neither I have, have I. Neither have I. It looks... So I love throwing a frisbee. I'll be honest, but I, and but a frisbee. I'm sure all the disc golfers out there would slap me in the face. Very different looking. They're like those rubberized things. Um, I want to play it. There's a frisbee and a disc. The difference you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like like I can toss a frisbee in the backyard, but like throwing that disc, like those actual rubber discs, seem insane. Yeah. That's nuts. How long did you watch it for? I watched it for a good 30, 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you I, dialed I, I, in. I got sucked in. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I could ask a million questions about that, but that's that's very interesting, um, and I definitely want to check that out. Maybe maybe we'll have to do that one day. You and me go try it because like how, uh, they're far away, aren't they? Like with the cages, it's a whole course. They, so they're like th then each one's there's a par four course, there's a par three. So you have to throw it, land it, and then there's a the cage is there, and then it's a circumference around the cage. That's the green. It, yeah. So then you have to pull a different disc out for, you know, your putting now. I didn't know it was that serious. Yeah. The, uh, so the caddy, I mean, are the, if they have caddies, they must be getting paid, eh? It was on TV. It was on ESPN. Very true. Very so. true. Yeah. Well, I mean, college football is on TV. Those guys aren't getting paid. Yeah, you know I mean? that's well, true. Yeah, unless you're going to the bigger schools. Anyways, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I had a pretty good week. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving feels already like it was three weeks ago, but it was, you know, just, just a short week ago. Um, today felt like the Twilight Zone. So, everyone listen out there. This will come out Thursday morning, but we're recording on a Wednesday night. Uh, three... 45 in the afternoon i'm watching uh pittsburgh i'm watching steelers ravens with right. mike tarico calling the game i just felt like i was in the fucking twilight zone today yeah daylight you know wednesday wednesday, night, wednesday uh it was it was weird it was weird to see it was it ended up being a good game rg3 was the quarterback like everything was just odd twilight stadiums zone. empty i mean it's just it was a full like this is just 2020 you know moment exactly um so yeah that was a little bit of an odd one but 
don't want to waste too much time. The elephant in the room, the literal elephant in the room, the good thing that happened this week, the bad men are gone, and more importantly, the bad man, Matt Patricia, has left the building for good. I'm just going to give you, I'm going to pause. I'm not going to say anything for the next two (laughs) minutes so you can do your dance, you can... Get it off your chest. Let the hate out. I just, I am so happy that this guy is gone. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He is my least liked Detroit figure of all time. I've never thought there's been a person in a position of power, whether it's ownership, a coach, a manager, a skipper, uh, a president, anything that has represented Detroit more inaccurately or poorly. I know the Lions are a horrible organization and they haven't won in 60, 70 years, whatever it is. But this guy, I just thought made us more of a national embarrassment than we already were. And we've had a coach who we've gone 0 16. And I thought this guy did more damage to our culture, more damage to our reputation and more damage to wanting to come to play for Detroit than any other coach or representative figure in uh, the NFL than ever. Uh, So I think this guy was just an absolute cancer. Um, and I'm happy he's gone. I couldn't be happier he's gone. Um, and it's actually overshadowing that Bob Quinn is gone. Because uh, I was reading some stuff this weekend. I didn't even realize how bad Bob Quinn was and how long overdue this firing was. But, J.U., pretty incredible. And I know you're just getting a little more acclimated to the misery that <laughs> is the Detroit Lions. But hard to believe they just missed this bad again. Well... <clears throat> Yeah, it was bad. Bad. It was bad. But, uh, you know, just going back, and like you said, I'm getting acclimated to the Lions, and going back through the past years of Patricia era and just seeing some of the things. I'm so I'm so looking forward to the, the list that you have going for Patricia's most hated moments. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that segment to, uh, later in the show. But, uh, you know, it was – the whole thing is, is – it starts from the top down, really. It's yes. the whole organization. The Lions aren't going to be successful as long as the ownership treats the program like it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. You know, one D- is, stops doing that. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. They're not going to be successful if the ownership continues to treat the program like it's a hobby, as opposed to treating it like a business, treating it like a franchise that they want to see successful, and. I think this firing after the game and that epic shot of uh, um, what's her name, Sheila. Sheila. Yeah, when she had her hands over her eyes yep. at the game. Yep. That was the defining moment of the Lions. Yeah, and and I just wonder. So like the Fords are obviously. So the reason the answer is the Fords. Okay, like we, like I think if you're a Lions fan and you've been fans of them for any capacity you know the Fords are the issue the ownership hasn't cared it starts from the top down and that's the only constant throughout all their losing the issue is you know sell the team all that shit they're not going anywhere I mean it's Ford Field the colors are literally Honolulu blue and silver they're they're just like Ford is blue and silver like it's the Motor City it's not going anywhere and it's extremely profitable like the Lions make more than all the other three Detroit teams combined so it's not going anywhere so we just have to accept that the only thing we can hope for is that the next in line, who is Sheila now, takes it seriously. I think she will. I hope. I think she will. I think that, with her hands over her eyes... That did it for you? That was the defining moment, and that did it for her. Yeah. And I think she's going to take it seriously. I think 
they're going to take some time for this next hire. Um, that's why they fired Patricia mid-season, so they have all this time they can start doing the research on coaching candidates, on GM candidates, and everything like that. So I'm excited. I'm excited for you, Frank. I'm excited for oh, the boy. Lions. Well, I have a lot of questions, but one thing I did mess up here, Jay, I had this whole thing planned, but it's okay. We can do it right now. I wanted to celebrate the firing of Matt Patricia with you. Oh. So I brought a little bit of a treat, and this was a big fan favorite from last week when you said – you're a big Josh fan. Oh, I'm a big. What's that, Cab Sob? Oh yeah, I got you. Yeah, oh, cab. So love the, a good Cab Sob. You know what? I just realized though, I didn't bring a wine opener. So, oh. so let me let me just go check the kitchen. <laughs> let me go check the kitchen. I'll be right back here. All right, so we're live. We're live. Found found a bottle opener here. We're gonna pop this Josh in celebration of uh, Maddie P's departure. Um, just for the record, this is your celebration. No, this is ours. I have you know I have nothing. See, what if the Lions want me to coach down the road? What if I'm a candidate for the coaching job? <laughs> then you won't have to worry about Patricia being there. <laughs> They're not going to call you out to New England. You're not a Patriot Way kind of guy. Just kidding. I don't want you to take that offensively. You went kind of quiet on me. All right, well, the Josh is open. We got the cab sav. Oh, this is great. This is glorious. Love a good cab sav. Oh, yeah. All right. Only the finest plastic cups for the boys. Oh, yeah. Shout out to SAE Wine Wednesday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, cheers. It's the next here. chapter. So, he's gone. And a question I have about Matt Patricia for you that a lot of my buddies have actually been talking about is, so, a lot of these guys, no matter how bad they do, um, or how bad their reps get as head coaches, they seem to always find a way into another job, whether it's a coordinator job, player personnel job, receivers job. I mean, and I mean, some of them make sense. Like, you know, Jim Schwartz, um, you know, he was fired from Detroit and I think it was time for him to go, but you know, he's defensive coordinator of the Eagles now. Like that one makes a little more sense to me, but like a Rod Marinelli, like Owen 16, He's a D coordinator, right, for Dallas, or was Dallas. He's still in the NFL. He still has jobs. How do these guys keep finding jobs? Is it just like any other business? It's who you know and the calls you make? Yeah, it, it's definitely who you know. And uh, you never know where your next you know, job will be. Um, at the end of the day, I will say that Matt Patricia will be a defensive coordinator. Co you think he'll be a, he'll be a defensive coordinator? He will be a defensive coordinator, and I know where he'll be a defensive coordinator. Is he going back to New England? He's going back to New England. Yeah. If New England had a chance to make a run for the playoffs, he would be there next week. Really? Same thing as like that happened with Josh McDaniels. What about the guys they already have in place there? It's Belichick's son that's yeah. the D coordinator. He's the full D coordinator right now? He, he calls the defense. Belichick's son calls the defense. Yeah. But Matt Patricia is going, he's going to go back to New England. Yeah. He's going to be the D coordinator in New England. There's no why, if, ands, or buts about it. Why are you so confident of that? The relationship he has with Bill. Yeah. Um, and Bill takes care of his guys. The same Even thing the ones who run away? Josh McDaniels ran away. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Oh, wait. Wait, where did he was Denver, right? Yeah, he was in That's Denver. Right. He That's got right. fired in the middle of the year. That's right. He, the next week, he was coach. He was the OC in 
I think Bill. I think Bill likes that too. Like, oh, you're back. Like, how'd it go? Yeah, you exactly. know how'd it go? Um, yeah, Bill will bring his guys back. Um, so the only reason that Patricia will not be coaching the rest of this year is because the Patriots don't aren't going to make a run for the playoffs. I even read somewhere that they were already talking to him about coming in as a uh, defensive consultant. Yeah, he might That's do that crazy. this year, That's and crazy. then next year he's going to be full on I don't the get coordinator. It. I don't get it. There, you know, whatever he that whatever. you got to realize coaching in college, coaching in the NFL is a good old boys network. Yeah, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. That's where it's going to get you your next position. Yeah. You go to all these coaches' conferences just to bullshit with different coaches, drink beer, and uh, network. Mm-hmm. That it's it's who you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, these coaches just do keep resurfacing. Like, who is? Who's the um, Cornell? You know, like it was just like he's somehow found his way into a head coaching role. Romeo, like a, yeah. Romeo, R- Romeo's a guy. He he's the oldest. He's head that dude. Coach. He's seventy three years old. That's crazy. Yeah, and he he loves football. He has a great wealth of knowledge of football. He's also a Belichick guy. Okay. He, he's also another guy that left Belichick, became a head coach, and then got fired and just bounced around as a coordinator. Mm-hmm. And now he's in in with the Texans as their interim head coach now yeah yeah no i i gotcha um but like even like you think bill o'brien's gonna find his way in i mean probably at a coaching level i don't think anyone would touch him at a gm level after what he just did to the Texans. no bill o'brien would not be a gm bill o'brien will he will be as he'll be a coach again he'll and he's part- a pretty motivating guy and likable i like i'm a big i'm a big bill i'm o. not fan. a big fan of bill o'brien really no, i'm not <laughs> <laughs> i like bill o'brien but that's not who we're talking about i wanted to ask you a couple more things like Obviously, there's a myriad of reasons of why it didn't work um, in the Midwest, you know, bringing that Patriot way here. I don't think anybody is Bill Belichick, no matter how much they try to be. But in your opinion, you know, why did it really just not work? Matt Patricia's style, his attitude, his approach, um, his everything here in Detroit. Um, one thing that Matt Patricia, he may not have won games on the field, but where he won was in an interview room with the Ford family. Oh, without a doubt. He I mean, yeah. totally sold them. He faked he them out. He fooled them. Yeah. Fooled yeah. them 100%. And they had this nostalgia, this mystique about the fact that he was under Bill Belichick's tutelage yep. and all that he saw. And, you know, when you talk about the Patricia most hated moments, um, that's going to come out, that fourth down call. Mm-hmm. You know, was that really his call mm-hmm. to begin with in the first place? That's gonna we're gonna dive deeper in that. But uh, he fooled the family. They 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 were sold on the fact that he was under the Patriot way and he was gonna bring that to the table. And that's where everybody that coaches under Belichick fails because they try to be Bill two Yes, when they should just be themselves mm-hmm. and take away some of those great qualities that Belichick has and make it their own but they don't want to do that they want to be Bill 2.0 I feel like too that um Matt Patricia took it to a whole new level I feel like he was just he like tried to triple down on um you know the Bill Belichick attitude well I feel in a way it goes back to uh a kid being bullied in high school 
and then wow. now turns around and has some power. This is where we're going with this. I love it. Yeah, and has some power, and now he's like, look at me, you son of a bitch. I have power over you now. Yeah, I totally do think it was that. I think, he, I think he embodied that. Exactly. Without That's a doubt. what it was. And he took it too far, and he let his ego get in the way of him being a successful coach. Yeah, I totally agree with that. By the way, this Josh is lovely. Exquisite. <laughs> Exquisite. It was from like a dusty liquor store shelf. I believe it was uh, like you know, orange orange sticker, eleven ninety nine. I think it was a dollar off too. Can, can give me a buck off. Yeah, it was great. See, you guys say liquor store here. We say bodega. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. No, yeah, it's a liquor store. It's a bodega. Okay. Yeah, you get your little sandwiches. You get your... You, get your, uh... you call that a bodega yeah. in Buffalo? Yeah. That's cool. It's a bodega. Bodega, ignorantly to me, sounds like there's something dirtier to it. Like there's like, you know, girls in the back or something. A bodega, you have everything yeah. in there. You can get t-shirts at a bodega. You can get yeah, ice liquor. cream. You get eat liquor. You get beer. You get everything. That's your bodega. Right. Pre-made sandwiches. For sure. Yeah, that's that's a liquor store. Here. That's, that's what bodega. we call it. That's cool. I'm just glad I'm learning something today. That's good to know. I didn't know that that's what you guys called it. Yeah. And, you're, and you probably say soda, right? I say soda. Some people back there say pop. It's it's crazy. It's the line is blurred. Yeah. I, well, I, I always thought Michigan was the only state to say pop. No. In in New York, some places say pop. Yeah. Yeah. But if you go to like the city and different places like that, you'll get you'll get yeah your soda. Okay. Get, get, get your soda, Frank. <laughs> yeah. I hear you on that. All right, let's get back to dusting up the, the, the ex-coach of the Lions. So uh, I put out an article probably, I don't know, like 20 minutes ago uh, of my top favorite moments of his era, his most embarrassing moments, like his my favorite moments of all time. Um, so I'm going to just kind of dive into that a little bit. And, you know, I'm going to see what you know, what you remember, and you might not. I don't, I don't know. I just want to go through these and see what you remember. But um, so I have four moments here. We'll start with, uh, well, I, I probably five, but we'll start with this last one. And this is one, some of this stuff's a little unfair. I just don't like the guy. These were just the most memorable moments to me and like just added to his lack of credibility and everything he did. So I don't know if you remember this year that he started the year like with one leg, he had like a peg leg going on. Um, so to me, peg leg. I mean, I'm just saying. When, when, so, I, when you sent me the rundown of the show today <laughs> and I saw peg leg, I was like, peg leg, what the hell? I, I was thinking a pirate with a wooden leg or yeah. something. Well, that, that's exactly what, you know, that's what a peg leg is. So, but he, so like, you know, he goes through these first two seasons, he has nine wins total. Um, and then he shows up. You know, 2020, job's kind of on the line. This is it. Time to get serious. Time to win some games. And I I get it. It's not his fault. Like, whatever. He had surgery. People have things they have to deal with. Did not help just the optics of the upcoming season. He is in a go-kart with his little foot sock. He should have just done something. Get a big shoe, cover it up, anything. But him with that little dainty sock on the go-kart driving around, him wheeling in and out on that little wheelie, making fun of reporters in and out of training camp. And then the ultimate kicker, the ultimate kicker is when he is coaching preseason football games behind the water coolers like he's a DJ in Vegas. See, I absolutely lost my shit when I saw the picture of him behind the water cooler. When I was looking at your article and I saw him behind the water cooler, I lost my shit laughing. He's fifteen feet <laughs> off the he's fifteen feet off the sideline. At that point just coach from the box. Seriously. I totally agree. Yeah. Because no one can take you seriously that exactly. far away from the sideline. And the thing too, going into the season when he's out there on the golf cart with his leg up and everything like that, 
He lost his team right off the That's bat. That's what I'm saying. Stand out there with crutches. Yes. Yeah, I, Just I, stand in the back with crutches on. Your guys will respect you so much more because this is the NFL. You got guys that are busting their ass, playing injured, just to make the team. And then there's their coach who's a, who's being a prima donna, who's getting who's going to be on the team no matter what at the end of the day. After they make their cuts to 53 men, he's going to still be there that next Sunday for that meeting. Yep. And he's sitting in a cart while guys are running around with sore hamstrings, hurt knees, and not saying a thing and gutting through it so they can make and provide for their family. He lost a team right there. And you know he's sitting on that go-kart calling these guys pussies, calling these guys soft. I mean, just like you heard, he was like a big name caller, you know, degrading them. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong, like I played sports, like that's what coaches do too. Like it's a motivational thing, but it's... It just, if you're already not liked, if you're already not respected, and then you're pushing around in this go-kart, it just, it's not a good look. But you said that's what coaches do. That's what some coaches, that's what bad coaches do. Okay. Bad coaches are going to mother F a player. A good coach will swear and everything, but he's not going to take it to the point that he's going to lose players. Fair. Fair. You know? Yeah. There was a, I remember when I first got to Michigan State. And uh, they were talking about horror stories about the previous coaching staff that was there. And uh, this one story that sticks in my mind all the time is this coach went to this player, all right? And you, you think about it. If, you, if there's anybody out in the streets or anybody, you got a white guy saying this to a black guy. He goes to him and says, you hit like your mother, oh, a no. bitch. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. That is some of the most stinging thing you can ever throw at somebody. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You don't talk about anybody's mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Skin color doesn't matter right. what it is. Like, you just can't chirp the moms. Right. Moms are off limits. Yeah, but, you know, so I, you know, with that, I think, you know, some bad coaches, mother F players, good coaches, you can swear, you can say, you know, get your ass moving, do this, do that. But you don't take it to that point when you're attacking someone's manhood. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and you know, I, I and I do feel like there is you know ways that you do kind of get under them and you get under their skin that motivates them to play more. But then there's the line you cross where you you just shut down as a player. You exactly. don't you don't want to. Exactly. Um, you know, I mean, I just the player I keep thinking of is just like, and you got to know your audience, right? I mean, I'm, I've never been an NFL head coach. I've never been a coach, but like, I just feel like, I just think of Darius Slay, and I can't. I'm, I'm not a huge Darius Slay fan at Big all. Big play Slay. <laughs> yeah, he got torched by DK Metcalf. He was torched. It's Jim Short's fault. Absolute. No, it was not. It's he got Jim torched. Jim Shorts gave him DK Russell extra Wilson was looking motivation. him in the eyes and throwing it to DK. I'm a big fan of Big Play Slay. Well, okay, I'm not. So, I'm a big well, fan he, of him. All I'm trying to say is, I just <laughs> there was no way Matt Patricia's style was ever going to motivate a guy like Slay to want to play for him. No. Um, so that the peg leg. So, so these are just the things that like, you know, he's got no credibility. So let's back it up a little further. They're a little out of order, but, um, another, another thing he did, very famous thing he did early on joining the Detroit lions, uh, telling that reporter to sit up, uh, you know, and, and what's funny about this. So it's like a, it's like a minute long clip, maybe like 50, a little over a minute long. And, uh, the first 50 seconds of that is just him spewing absolute bullshit about how like they need to get better, work on pad levels, some stupid fucking shit. And then 
he tells this reporter to like sit up and show him some respect and like kind of chirps him like every time you're here asking me questions you're looking like this like bitch look at you so this was in 2018 right this was his first year yeah right this is early this is him really trying to dick so this is this is him coming in this is dick swing saying i'm your savior yeah Right. You're lucky to have me. Yes, you're, you're lucky to have me. Detroit. <laughs> exactly. I'm from New England. I'm here to turn your lives around. Look at my pencil. <laughs> Look at it. He did have the pencil in He's a during that interview. Yeah, cool. Who gives a <laughs> shit? So, okay. So that one's ridiculous. Um, just rude, too. You know, Detroit's a different town. And if you haven't won, you don't get to tell people to sit up. You don't get to tell people how to do their jobs. Like you, you can make your life a lot easier if you have the reporters on your side. I just, yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, and this is not a media giant like New York or anything like that. Like Detroiters, I feel like in the media too, will give you the benefit of the doubt. We're right. a lot nicer than if you're in a New York or even a Boston, you know? So, uh, very tone deaf there. Um, the even better one, more, more reporting nonsense out of Matt Patricia. Uh, he told, a reporter, after week one of the 2020 season, the Detroit Lions lost to the Chicago Bears, I believe 26-23, to after blowing a 23-6 to lead in the fourth quarter to mighty Mitch fucking Trubisky and the Bears offense, which I don't know if you guys have watched the Bears offense lately. They're lucky to get triple digits in total yardage throughout a game. The Lions gave up 100 points in the fourth, ended up losing by three. They should have won. Uh, but what's his what's his face? Uh, DeAndre Swift dropped a touchdown at the end of the game. After this game, Matt Patricia was asked, uh, "Do you feel like there are issues or trouble in your coaching defending fourth quarter leads?" And he responded with, uh, along the lines of, "I'm paraphrasing. I have one of the best fourth quarter plays in NFL history, so no, I'm not too worried about protecting my leads." What a tone deaf. Absolutely ridiculous, asinine response. JD. My response to that is, was it his call? What what call? To jump the route? Malcolm the, Butler made that To call that defense. And if I'm not mistaken, I watched something on this, and I believe he wanted to take a timeout. Patricia. Yes. Okay. And all he said, and I was watching this on, they were recapping that Super Bowl. and Electric Super Bowl, by the way. Great Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, One Pete, of the Carroll, Pete Carroll's killed it because he wanted Russ to be the MVP, I not Marshawn Lynch. But anyways, yeah. neither here nor there. I agree with that. Though. But I believe that Patricia asked, do you want to take a timeout? And there was dead silence on the headphones, and that's why they did not take a timeout because Belichick did not answer, and they went and they went on with that play. And M- Malcolm Butler, everyone else jumped around and got the pick. I want Malcolm Butler's side of this. Because the fact, even, okay, even if the defense, say Matt Patricia had the most to do with it, like the most to do with it, Butler's still got to make that play. Like, I don't, the fact, I've never heard such an egregious reach of a comment to say that you're responsible for that type of play. I think if you are an offense who calls like a fake punt, you can say like, I called that play. Patricia didn't get there and say, they're going to go slant to, who the fuck was it? Was it Lockett? I don't even think, it was like one of their, it was like wide receiver three, wasn't it? Right. But, I mean, you can, you can, uh, 
Yeah, I, I guess you can't really say that because they, they never they didn't have an opportunity. They called the play before they saw the offensive formation. Let's back up further to the real issue. Is if that's that's us having a conversation of giving him the full benefit of the doubt, Matt Patricia. That is. Let's back up to reality where you just lost a game in year three of an NFL head coach in 2020. They're asking you a very softball, like, why can't we defend leads in the fourth quarter question, and you back it up to 2015 of a Super Bowl with a different team. I mean, what planet are you living on with an answer like that? Um, It's on the planet that you feel still entitled to being the head coach of a team. You still feel you're far superior to anybody else that can be a head coach. Yes. It goes back to his ego taken over. It's it's it, it's just it's crazy to me that someone could think that highly of themselves with so little success in the role that they're in. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I just fucking couldn't stand this guy. Okay, so last one and then we will get off of Matt Patricia cuz we've only been on him for a half an hour now. But uh the other the, the number 1, the absolute number 1 uh, Detroit Lions moment for me under Matt Patricia was early on, even so far early on that it was his first game coaching as a Detroit Lion. I'm talking September 10th, 2018, Monday Night Football. The Detroit Lions are home opening versus the New York Jets. And we're playing against Sam Darnold in his first NFL start. He just got drafted. Uh, Patricia's here. He's here to save the Lions. Lions were 9-7 two years prior. Caldwell took them to the playoffs once. They need one more piece, and this piece is the Patriots head coach. We're going to get there this year. This is our year. Ford Field is bursting at the seams for this season. So excited. I'll look myself in the mirror and say it. I wanted Matt Patricia. That's the hire I wanted. I said he pulled the wool over all you guys' eyes. He fooled everyone. (laughs) I was jacked about him. Uh, First play of the game from scrimmage. scrimmage, Darnold drops back. Throws, uh, actually kind of rolls out to the right. Throws across his body. Full Madden video game throw. Like full across the field. Like 40 yards across his body. And it's picked off by Glover. Taken to the house. Ford Field is about to explode. It's absolutely electric. Lions lose 48-17. What that to me was like, that'll be the number one Patricia moment for me forever. I know it was his first game, but it was just like, it was such a tone setter for how his tenure went in Detroit. Yeah, but you fans gave him the benefit of the doubt. We were, we gave him more than that. Yeah. We were so excited about him. But hey, you know, it's, it's going to lead to the next, you know, segue that we have here with leadership and guru and everything like that. I just think overall that's a big difference and you guys got fooled by this guy. And at the end of the day, he's going to be coaching again next year. Yep. And Detroit has to be able to pick themselves up as Detroiters do and move on. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fair. It's very tough to do this reset button all three years. And I think what is hurting the most with Lions fans right now, at least with me, is just it feels like these last three years were just like this hesitation, awkward, because we're not the worst team in the league. We're not the Jets. We're not the Jags. We're not that bad. 
and but we're also not even like a nine and seven team really like we're in this weird middle ground of like a like a nine to 13 overall pick and we just passed up an amazing quarterback draft Stafford slap you for life but Stafford is about to be in his 13th year he's about to be 34 years old and it just kind of feels like we missed some opportunities and now we're kind of waiting in this middle ground of mediocrity. That's what it feels like. Well, you know, throughout the, it's just, Detroit hasn't been good ever. You, you haven't been good ever other than the 0-16 year, but you haven't been bad enough to be like. What do you mean good? We haven't been, we were good in the 0-16? You no, like no, that? No, I said other than the 0-16, you haven't been bad enough okay. to be, you've been middle of the road that like, you always have that hope. Always. Like, this is the year. This this could be it. We could still... Like, right now, there's still uh, Lions fans that still think they can make a run. For sure. I mean, I mean, like, we're going to get into our picks for the week, but, like, buddy, I think we're taking down the Bears this week. <laughs> I mean, sneak peek. Like, I'm not going to lie. But, yeah, I mean... And, it and like, you know, I feel like Stafford kind of represents a lot of that. Stafford can look like an MVP candidate. He can have an MVP candidate year. And then there's just games that you're just like, bud, what the fuck were you looking at? So, I don't know. They're very frustrating. I'm glad to remove this mole, this wart, this growth, this tumor that was Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia, mostly Matt Patricia. Um, But I do want to move on to our next thing here. Today, I read an article. And guys, you, I mean, anybody who's listened, you guys know I'm a a fan. Uh, But, you know, I'm not watching who's being picked up and dropped on, you know, the practice squad every week. I, I don't understand contracts that well but i read this article uh today that just kind of broke down all of bob quinn's moves and boy oh boy he made some he made some bad decisions aj well you know it's so he drafted a long like he drafted a long snapper you know i'm just like i'm looking at this article right now like i mean just like what the fuck are you doing like you know i'm no gm but i just like what are you what are you drafting a long snapper for. Hey, Sebastian Janikowski was a first-round pick. He's a kicker, though, right? Yeah. So it's a guy who scores. But still, it's a kicker. <laughs> it's a kicker. Kickers are not people. It was a gem, a gem of a kick. Kickers are not people. That's So did you know that, like we say that about goalies with hockey. Did you, you know that? <laughs> I did not know They're that. They're aliens. T- yeah, ask Ryan. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously. Ask Drew what he thinks, how weird it is that his brother's a goalie. Because it's weird. <laughs> Think of think think of you're gonna play hockey, right? I, I want to play hockey. Like cool. Uh, like what do you want to do? Do you want to score goals? Do you want to hit people? Like what do you want? Like, I want to I want to stop the the hundred mile an hour rubber disc like all game. That's nuts. That's like being a that, kicker. That is crazy. And the pressure. That is not like being a kicker. What do you mean? Goalies are tougher than kickers. Well, without a doubt, kickers are not people. Kickers are. If you're on a team, like every team, like. The kickers aren't the people that you go want to go and hang out with. You do want to? You do not. Okay, right, yeah. They are weird. Yeah. They stick to themselves. There's only one kicker that I thought was cool was in college, Brett Swenson. Okay. From Michigan. So he was a cool kicker because he could <laughs> sling some beers back with the boys. That's cool. The other kickers, shitbags. Weirdos? No, I won't hang out with them. Anywhere else that I played, in the league, everywhere else. Kickers were not, they were just weird fucks. Well, since you're talking about kickers, I have a question 
about punters. How are punters? They're in the same categories as kickers. They're in there too? All the specialists. Kickers, long snappers, punters. So let all in the same category. Come full circle, we drafted one of those fucking weirdos. <laughs> yeah. Fucking in the sixth round. The in his first round. Specialist, those guys are all weird. They all hang out together. And the reason that I say this too is because if you play any position, you're busting your ass in practice during training camp in the middle of August, sweating your ass off, getting hurt and everything, and you look over on the side and you see these fuckbags fucking <laughs> uh, learning a different way to spin the ball on the ground and bounce back in their face. You right. know, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I have one of my favorite conversations to get into when drinking beers and hanging out. You know, you just make up these scenarios like... If you're, if you had to be a pro athlete, what's the real dream job, you know? And sometimes I get into these. So I say like, okay, like real dream job. And, and without getting to decide like, oh, I'm Tom Brady, you don't get to decide how good you are. You just have a job. Like I've always said, best job is a punter because it's, you're working 16 weeks of the year. It's doing what you just said. You're making a good amount of money and you can, don't get me wrong fuck some shit up but you're pretty low stress the best job is the long snapper that's better all those yeah you play so much longer they're not allowed to line up over you they can't that's hit right. you they can't do it you you can play 18 20 years and even th- i mean snapper. dan Molbeck for the lions has been there like 20 years exactly that's great and then we drafted this guy anyways <laughs> so bob quinn i'm just gonna run you guys through a couple of things here like like we won't dive too much into it, but he drafted a long snapper in his first year. That was fucking insane. Um, the whole tight end situation in Detroit, just an absolute fiasco mess. Got rid of Ebron. Had no plan B Got rid of Ebron. And I, I hated blame, Ebron. I blame you Detroit fans. No. Yes, no. for Ebron. Why? I absolutely blame And I every time that Ebron catches a pass with the Steelers, I smile. Why? Because you Detroit fans were the people that drove him out of town. We didn't drive him anywhere. When Ebron had a baby, he posted a picture Uh, with his kid and the comment said, oh, I hope you don't drop him too. That's low. That's low. It's low. You it's, know, it's and that's why you you guys motivated this guy to being a pro bowler. Okay, okay, I gotta back you up. I gotta back you up. So he dropped everything under the sun when we drafted him eighth overall. Eighth overall, he dropped everything. He dropped everything. Dropped, drop, dropped him as prime. Okay, as Isaac on Twitter, one of my favorite followers on Twitter, calls him dropped him as prime. He has every. All right, <laughs> That's he, a good one. Because we had Megatron. Okay, right. so we had Megatron and dropped him as prime. So uh, we have every GIF, every video of Ebron dropping everything. So. Let me just walk you like so. Don't say we drove him out of town. So number, you guys did drive him out of town. You're number, not going to change my mind. Number one, he dropped everything. He wasn't good with us. Period. No, like lions are bad. I understand it, but as a fact, he was not good with us. He okay. wasn't good. Okay. So so let me stop you there. He was eighth overall, right? Yes. What college did he go to? North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. S- right. Excuse me. <laughs> All right. He went to North Carolina, the Tar Heel Blue. Okay. All right. Came with the. Honolulu Blue. Yeah, right. All right. And uh, so, obviously, he was top-notch. Yeah. All right? He's a, yeah, okay. And then he came to the Lions and was... Shit. Okay. He was bad. He was bad with us. And then he went to Pittsburgh. No, incorrect. You're missing a He step. went to the Colts. Yes, with... With uh, Andrew Luck. Yes, and, and his MVP was, season. And he was top-notch. With his MVP season. Yeah, exactly. he was sick. 
He, yeah, and then he went to Pittsburgh. Yep. Top notch. He had a bad year with he had a bad year with the Colts. Okay, so but yes, okay, you're correct. So no, 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 no. We're, not, we're not going through blah 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 blah. We're going through like big stages of his life. We're skipping like he was good with the Colts when the Colts were good and they had Andrew Luck. He was bad with the Colts when Andrew Luck went away and it was Jacoby Brissett and the Colts was bad. He's good with the Steelers because they're fucking ten and zero and he has Ben Roethlisberger. With yeah, him. and he has a lot of touchdowns. He's and he catches clutch stuff. It's systems. Fair. That's the thing you have to realize. It's systems, not players. If a player is plugged into a great system, there are it, exceptions. It'll be great. I mean, you you know more than I do, but I will say there are exceptions. Like Rodgers, the Green Bay shouldn't be good at all, and they're like one of the best offenses in sports. It's and that's a good all him. system that that he's in. Okay, it's a good system because Rodgers, he was with that Mike McCarthy system and everything like that, and he took from. What he did well when he was at Cal and implemented that with Green Bay. And then all those things that he did with Mike McCarthy mixed in with what he did with Cal when um, LaFleur came in, they, they started to mesh those things together. At the beginning, Matt LaFleur was like, no, he, he, he came in with that attitude like, you know, it's my, you know, my team, I'm going to do this. And they had a rocky start, mm-hmm. but now when they start meshing everything, when he put his ego behind him, yeah. rocky start as in you know the div- division champs and yeah, NFC yeah, but finals. rocky start with <laughs> you know they weren't getting along, they weren't seeing, they weren't on the same page. The Lions would love a rocky start like that. <laughs> Let me tell you that right now. Let's keep going down this tight end fiasco. So we get rid of Ebron, who is dog shit. Me and Jay, you both agree. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm an Ebron fan. Okay. Big Ebron You're not, fan. Oh, God, i got to edit that out. You can't say <laughs> that on here. Um, anyway, I'm just messing around. So, um, Ebron goes. Uh, we end up signing. Well, first we're in limbo for a little bit. Like, we have we have no one at tight end. Then we sign, the, which is possibly quite possibly the worst contract on the books right now, Jesse James, four-year, $25 million. Overpaid for Jesse James. He had a, he had, he was he was a backup tight end in Steelers, in and, and he was good. I, I and he was, was good. Say, at being, I was gonna say decent at best. I mean, Vance McDonald was out snapping him. Well, Vance McDonald's a freaking stud. I love Vance. Absolute stud. Yeah. Jesse James' big play was that non-catch against Pitts against uh, New England. Mm-hmm. To you know, bump the Steelers down, and the Patriots got the number one seed in in the AFC there that year. But um, for tight ends, like I I'm a, if I'm a GM, if I if I want a tight end, what I look for in a tight end, I look for a fucking grungy Corey Schlesinger, but a tight dirty, end, dirty like a. A dude that'll be in the basement at Rick's yep. and just slugging beer and Kelsey? don't care where it comes from. Kelsey, white boy. Kelsey, yes, yeah, that's what I want. Kittle, yes, yeah. Kelsey, exactly. Kittle, uh, those, those are one and two. That's and Gronk, what I look and Gronk. Hello, yeah, no, no, <laughs> exactly. I, no, I hear you. That's what I look for in a tight end. You like a white guy though at tight end? Uh, tight ends, I like white guys. Fullbacks, I like white guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, like, <laughs> I, I do like me a white fullback. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> Big number in the mid forties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's forty four. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. solid mm. neck roll. Yeah, oh god, I have a neck roll. That's that's that shit. That's I remember. That, I remember. That gets in, me going. That I remember grit. in college when during recruiting season, I went to coaches. I was like, "You got to recruit us some 
white boys for fullbacks. <laughs> I was like, we want some dirty, grungy white boys that come in at six foot and leave at five eleven, five eight because they hit their heads so much <laughs> they shrink. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the, I mean, the quintessential, you know, uh, fullback was here in Detroit with Corey Schlesinger. I mean, that guy just broke every face mask he had. Um, you know, like Mike, he made Mike Allstott look like a classy guy. See, I think Corey Slesinger, he was too, he was too manly for, for me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, too much. I want that, I want that, like, grungy, like, white dude that's just gonna, you know, he'll see someone's half drink drink at Rick's and he will finish it. He'll drink a spitter and not even, he'll, exactly. just, he'll just say whoops. That's the guy I want. Whoops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, go back to Bob Quinn's mishap. Let's just let's just run through Bob Quinn. So, I was talking about his tight end, his tight end mistakes, and uh, you know, the, so he signs Jesse James. Then we draft Hawkinson. Um, I like Hawkinson, by the way. So, okay, the, so it's a tough thing with Hawkinson. It's like I like Hawkinson too. I think he's really good. I just am kind of curious if that was the right pick for the needs at the time two weeks after signing jesse james it probably wasn't yeah that's what i mean like that's and that's kind of like what i mean like i don't not like the hawkinson pick i think hawkinson's a great athlete he's a good i mean he's a really talented tight end right without a doubt i just i just am curious at pick 23 denver got noah fant who's arguably better maybe not but it's close at 23 from the same fucking school. Right. So just a lot of questionable decisions. Tease Tabor in the second round of his um, of his first draft. Cornerback out of Florida after taking Jared Davis out of Florida. Tease Tabor came into the combine slowest 40 time, bad footwork, like a lot of red flags. And he kept leaning on a nagging hamstring injury from senior <laughs> year, which is not necessarily like a calming excuse for everything. Right. He's out of the league in, in a year or two. Um, you know, they, I, I'm just looking at all this, like weird running back kind of like drafts, you know, like we get carry on, but then we're like uh, signing AP and then we're drafting Swift in the second, like... Detroit's I, never had a, a, a reliable running back. A reliable bell cow. Like, I, I can't say never had. Because everyone's going, like, oh my god, they have Barry Sanders. Yeah, yeah, right. But, you know, like... I was just going to, I was letting you just... Yeah. yeah, no, they haven't had one since. Yeah. You know, someone that you can be like, wow, this is our guy. I think our closest one was, like, James Stewart. Right was like a thousand yard rusher for two years in a row, they and then had, and then like Reggie Bush got kind of close to being like, right. well, we have a guy exactly. Okay, so we have we have now talked at nauseum of how much I hate Matt Patricia. We like I kind of half assed went over Bob Quinn's job. I you know I'm glad that point doctor is gone as well. Um, but now the next question, and and you know mostly I'm going to lean on you a lot for this. You know, Ju is is. Is the most fun question when anyone gets fired from a major role on a sporting team. And the question is, who's next? Who's next? So, as as I cut you off again, um, <laughs> the early lines came out. And this is from... Is this for GM or for... We're going to start coach. with Coach. Coach is always a little more fun. Okay. I, I got Because I got, I got both. So uh, I know you do. I know you do. I know you're a prepared man. So, but But I don't have betting lines... On GMs, you know, there's coaches. That's more. It's just easier to process, you know, whatever. So, um, first question I do want to ask before we get into this list, um, and we don't have to dive into it too big, but it was a thought that came up in my group chat today, and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. 
they gotta hire a GM first, right? It's the chicken or the egg. I, it's got to be the GM. So that's why I was thinking we talk about the GM before the coach. There we go. I'm glad I asked the question. Okay, let's do And actually, in the rundown, I have GM listed first, probably right. for that reason. We've been drinking Josh and Labatt's here, team. Um, okay, so let's start with, yeah, let's start with the GM. What do you got? I got two guys for the GM. Hit me now. And then you can, you can take it either way of however you want to go. The guy that I want to see as the GM is Lewis Riddick. You do? Yes. Okay. This guy played eight years in the league, drafted by the Niners, so he knows how to win. Um, His brother, Rob, was a running back for the Bills. Okay. He comes from a football family. And Lewis, uh, you know, he was a pro scout, um, you know, after he was done. And then he went to director of player personnel. So he understands the management side of the game. And what and, and like just you know let people know like Lewis Riddick right now is Monday Night Football. He's he's Monday Night Football. He's the commentator on Monday Night Football. Um, he 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 was drafted by the 49ers. Uh, he played for the Niners. He played for the Reds, the Falcons. And when he was done, he was a pro scout for the Washington Redskins, and he was a pro scout for the Philadelphia Eagles. And both positions, he was promoted to uh, director of player personnel as well. So he's. I like him because he played the game. He understands what it, it, it takes to play the game. His brother played the game. They come from a football family. Football family. That's a big term. That's a big buzz term. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, he was a pro scout. He knows what it is to look for players. You're, we, we talked about draft and Bob Quinn's biggest bust in drafts and everything like that. We talked about that. This guy was actually a pro scout at that low-end level where he's doing the research, doing the work. He's not like Bob Quinn looking back and saying, what do you think about this guy? And he has a bunch of yes-men. He's actually done it. He's going to sit in a row and do it. I, so I didn't know Lewis Riddick had that resume. I'm going to be honest with you. Like yeah. From the average fan, I thought he was a commentator on ESPN and people liked what he said. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, I didn't be, know he had that resume. The, but the one thing I will agree with on a very basic, basic level is I want a football guy. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but Bob Quinn, I mean, whoa, that guy looked like a dork. And then he hired his scientist dork. And, like, they just, you know, it's got to be tough. It's got to be a little more legitimate as an NFL player to hear it from an ex-NFL player. Exactly. Yeah. You got a guy that was in the trenches that understands what it takes to be successful. Yeah. So, number one on my list is Lewis Riddick. Number one. Okay, as a GM. Got it. Yes. Number two. Does he want this job? Like, his name's thrown around so much. Does... Do, do you think he is like a, like he want like is this something he's going for? Or do you think he's happy doing Monday Night Football, which he probably won't last in. No offense, but ESPN, ESPN, Football, change, yeah, they, ESPN they, changes that every year, yeah, and, and exactly. there's no way they're they're keeping Steve Levy. You know, you know I what like I mean. Steve, love Steve Levy. Don't get me wrong. That <laughs> yeah. guy's like like that guy's like '90s Red Wings, NHL, ESPN. Like that guy rocks. I like Steve Levy, but but they want one. they they're looking at Jim Nance and Tony Romo going motherfucker. We need something like that. Exactly. Just saying. No, but uh, Lewis, I like him. I think if the the opportunity presented itself, he would think long and hard, and I think he would take that leap if it was there for him. Um, and my second guy on the list is Adam Peters. Okay. Uh, he's the vice president and player of, of player personnel for the 49ers. Okay, a lot of Niners ties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, not by any, you know. <laughs> no, I'm I, think, I think this guy will be a great hire. 
And it's going to lead into, if they hire Adam Peters, they have no choice but to hire uh, as the head coach, Robert Sala. Yeah, it's Sala, right? Because it will be the same thing. And I know people think, think I'm a homer for the Bills. You are. And everything. But Which is okay. The GM for the Bills, Brendan Bean, he was, he was in Carolina. He brought uh, Sean McDermott over. And... They have that great relationship. There's that, that, uh, you know, who you know kind of deal. It's, exactly. it's no different than any other Yeah, job. so they hire Sean McDermott, and it's it's that uh, that Synergy nucleus. That's, there's that connection there, and he knows the guys. So Buffalo has a ton of ex, of ex-Panthers on their roster. Right. And so you might have a ton of ex-Niners players on the on the um, Kind of like we did with the Patriots, and it went so well. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but I'm saying, like, these guys would, would understand it. And so I think those are my top two choices for Geo. Yeah. No, no, and I'm, I'm glad for that insight. Uh, and I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Salah is, like, the hottest fucking topic in Detroit right now because he's from Dearborn, and people just think that's, you know, like... The, he's a... People love... People in Michigan... Love when people come back home. People love homers. Exactly. He's from Dearborn. He, when I was, uh, my freshman year at Michigan State, he was there at Michigan State. Oh, okay. He was a defensive assistant at Michigan State. Uh, then after he left Michigan State, he was a defensive assistant at Central Michigan. Oh, okay. So he understands. So he downgraded. <laughs> he, oh, definitely downgraded. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Definitely downgraded. <laughs> but well. he understands what it means to be a Michigander. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He understands. He has that blue blood mentality. That blue collar, bring your lunch pail to work every fucking day <laughs> mentality. Yeah, amen. He has that. Before we get too far down the coach I want to know your GM picks. So so I honestly, I have, I don't know as much as you do. I don't know this world. Um, but I do have my one pick down that I like a lot um, is John Dorsey. <laughs> and... For those who don't know, John Dorsey, he was he uh, oversaw like all of the the Chiefs like best draft picks. Like right, I mean he was he was Tyreek Hill, he was Patrick Mahomes, and he was I believe someone else in that. Oh, and uh, Kelsey. So I, John Dorsey has his fingerprints all over the Chiefs' latest Super Bowl, and he has his fingerprints which. Is not the greatest, but all over the Cleveland Browns current team. They are eight and three. He drafted Baker Mayfield. I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan at all, but he's a guy who I believe has the balls to shake things up. Now I've heard this guy is not likable at all. But the thing is, you gotta you gotta see that's where you Detroiters go. To just like the you shiny like object. That shiny object, you like the sexy name. That's a lot of big picks though yeah i get it i get it but you got to get those big picks around the right environment fair you know yeah so i'm not saying he's not a good pick and i don't know as much as you do i'm just i literally just read a few things and like i mean it's hard not to like a guy who picks mahomes tyreek Oh, and he picked Kareem Hunt. He was a big Kareem. So he's not a big character guy, which is which is not which is not what Detroit is used to. We're big character drafters here, and you know that's probably why I just I just feel like the reason I I am drawn to Dorsey, and I, it's kind of what you just said, is just like I feel like with these uh, Detroit teams, like the 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 Red Wings were always winners for me growing up, and 
uh, Kenny Holland always took took some risks, made the big move, spent the big money, whatever it was. The Tigers did the same thing. Granted, they both have the same owner. So, like, we could look to that, but, like, whatever. Like, Tigers make the big moves, they spend the big money, they take the big risks, they draft the big name. And, number one, it's exciting. Number two, they were winners as well. The Lions, I just feel like, have always played it very close to the chest. They don't take risks. They're not in these big conversations for things. And it's just like if we're going to keep losing, like I would love for a GM to make a big move and land like an Odell Beckham. But the thing is this, like you're talking about taking risk. Those When you talk about basketball, you talk about hockey, those are totally different sports than football. All right. Um, when you so when you talk about taking us risk, you you got to look at a GM like uh, Kevin uh, Corbett from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. He doesn't take risks. Same coaches. He just goes th- coaches for fifteen years. At Pittsburgh a time. has had three head coaches. Oh really, three head coaches: Nolan, Coward, and Tomlin. It's insane. You know, and you can't you can't go by that. You can't want the shiny shit. And at the end it. of the day... I don't want the shiny shit, J.U. <laughs> you can't want the shiny shit. I do want shit. it. I do want it. It's the just shiny... boring in Detroit. It's not boring in Detroit. The, the, the Lions are boring. The They're Lions, boring. They, yes, but they got to develop... some shiny shit. They got to develop that blue-collar mentality Fair. to match their fans. They need an identity, which I think is where we're getting at. Because yeah. I don't even know what it is. Like, is, is it blue... Like, we just haven't had it defined. I feel like this team with under Patricia was completely identity-less. Like, at least under Schwartz, like, they had the most personal fouls in the league. And they won some, they lost some, but it was always Schwartz in your face. Schwartz was my guy. I Schwartz... Mean, sl- I hung out with Shorts at Rick's. Oh, I'm sure that guy rocks. Yeah. In East Lansing while he was coaching the Lions. Yeah, that's sick. (laughs) I mean, he he fucking almost tackled Harbaugh at midfield. Okay, so that's that's my shitty choice for GM, and J.U. kind of dusted me up and put me in my place. I didn't dust you up. Everyone has their own opinion. I don't even know. I don't know, though. Like, So I'm just leaning on you for that. But let's get into the coaches because that's what I understand and – like, that's just easier for me to process. So you're going to dust me up on the coaches? No, not at all. Uh, well, unless you pick one of them, but I know you won't. So let's just... <laughs> no, I'm not picking Harbaugh. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> fuck. If he ends up here, i got to take a long walk in the woods. I'll, I'll be... Do the Bills yell... <clears throat> oh, Jesus. Do the Bills, like, yell anything? Like, do they have a thing they yell? Like, like the Saints say, like, who dat? Like, is there something quick I can say, like, with the Bills? Like, do you guys have something like that or no? Well, we have our song, like, hey, hey, let's go, Buffalo. Okay. <laughs> well, I like so that. So you can say, hey, hey. I like just dropping something quick, you know, like a hoot at, you know, or something like Roll Tide, you know, something like that. Right, That's kind of right. what I was saying. I was wondering if you guys have, not you every team has Bill's one. Mafia. Okay. Bill's Mafia. Mafia Pride. Mafia Pride, I like. <laughs> I mean, all right. You're, I mean, fuck, by playoff time, I'm going to be full Bill Slappy. So, uh, the odds makers came out, uh, Sportsline odds makers, and they came out with early odds for the Lions first or next head coach uh the list i got in front of me uh so is it robert is it salah robert sala sala excuse my ignorance robert sala at plus 500 that is he's the defensive coordinator of the 49ers currently um after that we have jim harbaugh jesus christ puke all over my laptop and my shoes everything i would i would really have to take a long long walk in the woods to deal with that. I mean, that would suck. It would be terrible. They wouldn't do that, would they? That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. You promise? I promise you. You promise? I promise that's Because if there's happen. the day he's getting sworn in, man, I'm going to fucking freak that's out. That's not going to happen. All right. Eric Benemy, your boy. The enemy. <laughs> the enemy. 
Uh, Brian Dabble. Dable. Dable, sorry. Just call him Dabes. Dabes? Yeah. That's the guy. I mean, that's the guy I want just because you hyped me up on him so much. And I read his resume and I looked at him. Oh, that guy is pure <laughs> fucking grit. So let's let's just start there. Let's start with those four. So so your your early prediction is that it's going to be Selah. Robert Sala. Sala. God, I'm such an idiot. It'll be, it will, I think it'll be between Sala and Dable. You really think Dable's like an actual candidate? I think he's a candidate in there, yeah. Do you think he wants the job? He wants a head coaching job. You, he does. Because he's a Buffalo native, right? Yes. I, so this, I'm, this is genuine. Do you want me to pull my text message from him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I forgot you that. Fucking, can we call him like we did with Drew Miller in the jersey? Do you want the job? No, I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, I, I genuinely – okay, so I understand that every coach's dream in the world of coaching is a head coaching job at, like, probably a Power 5 college school or the NFL. Right. Probably the NFL. Right. I understand that. I am wondering – me and my friends in a group chat are wondering if we have gotten to the point as the as the Lions that if I am uh, a Dabs, a Brian Dabble, that I'm building up a strong resume. I got a pretty fucking good thing going in my hometown in Buffalo. I just watched what happened to Matt Patricia, who just left and everything fell apart. Like, I, I don't know if I want the Detroit Lions coaching job. It's a graveyard of coaches. So this is what you're being right now. You're that guy who says, man, NFL or professional athletes make a ton of money. And then you become a professional athlete. You you, you say, oh, if I made a million dollars a year, I'll be f- fucking happy with that. And then you become a professional athlete and you're making a million dollars a year. And you see this slap dick next to you. It's making one point five million. You're like, fuck! I'm better than this guy. I should be making two million. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's you get the itch. It okay. gets going. So you're a OC with a with the team in your hometown and everything like that. But you're like, I'm better than a bunch of these head coaches. Okay, I should be a head coach. Okay, so that's why you strive to get to the top. You strive to win the fucking Super Bowl. All right, you don't want to be a bridesmaid. Mm-hmm. You want to be the bride. Mm-hmm. So yes, if the opportunity presented itself to be a head coach, he will jump at it. Even in Detroit, you like that. That's what I mean. Like, I, like so, I'm asking, like the Detroit Lions job. Like, so if every job opened up in the NFL, every head coaching job was open, the Lions would be low on that list. I think we could both agree with that. Of like, if I'm a head coach, I get to pick what situation I want to walk into. Every head coaching job is open. Lions are low on that list. So if I'm a talented guy, like, you know, Brian Dabble, and, and like, I, I'm just saying, like, it, like, is it worth him waiting another year for the next, you know, the Atlanta job to open up? Or the Atlanta like, job is opened up. Uh, that, was a, that was a bad, that was literally <laughs> the worst one I could have picked. No, like, no, it wasn't because I was going to just bring, compare those two, mm-hmm. actually. Is it better to be the Lions head coach or the Falcons head coach? As a first-year head coach, I would choose the Lions. Okay. Why? Because you can have more grace. You're going to have more time. You're going to have... It's a smaller market Mm -hmm. than Atlanta is. Mm -hmm. You're going to have the people behind you. You have the success of... You are a college OC. You won national titles. And, by the way, don't get mad. 
he was under Belichick for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not mad about it. Yeah. No, so, I mean, no, he won like five, like not five, like three Super three Bowls. Three Super Bowls yeah. and two national titles. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, you know. I mean, I saw a picture of uh, him and fucking Tua the other day that made me want to cry. Yeah, because, I saw because, that. <laughs> because if Tua was here, I think it would be like literally no doubt he'd be here. Exactly. And I just like, I think maybe it's because I was a running back and I'm on the offensive side of the ball. I think you can win games by outscoring opponents more than you can win games with defense. That's So that's kind of why I don't really want Salah. Yeah, exactly. I, I kind of want. I mean, and the way the NFL is going, like, exactly. Even Look at the Bears. Flat, I mean, yes, agreed. Look at the Bears. They have a great defense, but the defense gets tired, and the offense is going to have to do something. Oh, well, I mean, literally something. Though. Yeah, but you because you can you can have a great defense, but like, but that offense literally does. Yeah. And does Brian not, Dable nothing. is he is creative. He has a every single everybody every starting uh, wide receiver. Except Stephon Diggs in Buffalo has thrown for a touchdown pass. That's in, that's insane. So is that more on Chad Hall or is that? <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Um, so no. So that's. I mean, that's. I've had this talk. Like I like Salah sounds really nice. Like the guy coming back home, this and that. Like I get it, but the I only, want an offense guy. The only I reason. Do. The only reason they would if they if the Lions would go with Salah is if they hired. Adam Peters as their GM okay. to have that camaraderie, mm-hmm. to have that stability yeah. and everything. But I agree with you, like we talked about, I think they need to hire a GM before they hire a head coach. Because they can't hire a head coach and then a GM because a GM will always want his guy. For sure. And like, how are you going to re- hit the reset button here if you don't pick the GM first, who then picks the head coach, and then they collectively decide what to do with the exactly. with the quarterback? Exactly. Because that's the next question. And, and with the quarterback, by the way, I'm just going to throw this out there. Matthew Stafford, I know he's your boy. He's got to go. I know. He's got to go. I, I'm like whispering, I know. <laughs> like, because I hate it so much, but it's definitely time. And that's what I was trying to say to you early, Jay. It was like, I really think like last year's draft, like how nice would it be to have Tua or Herbie on the bench right now? Even Jalen fucking hurts. Like we don't, we didn't, we went with a, we went with a quarterback. We went with Okuda. All right. So now that we have talked at nauseum about the Detroit Lions, where they're going to go with their next steps, let's look forward to week 13 in the NFL, a uh, couple things to note about Week 13, especially if you're fantasy players, late for a bye week, but we do have the Bucks and the Carolina Panthers off, which is odd. I just think that's a very late bye. Um, and I've had a couple friends put in my ear argument-wise, like, these buys just got to be earlier because everyone that's anybody who's playing fantasy, and yeah, the NFL probably shouldn't change things due to fantasy, but I'll tell you one thing, they lean more into fantasy, they lean more into betting. It's the only reason I'm watching the end of every football game that there is out there to make sure a line's not covered or missed. So, just a humble opinion there. Well, as a player, you want your bye week around week 8. 8, right? Yeah. yeah. Week 8, week 9. 13's late. 13 is very late. That's wild. That means they're going to walk into week 14, very important week, especially where the Bucks are, off a rest, which is, I don't know, just it's interesting to I'm think telling about. you the Bucks are going to run the table coming up after this bye week. A very weak schedule. Very yeah. weak schedule. They have four games left. I think they go three and one. Personally, I do think they're going to trip up. I think they play Atlanta twice. I think they... they I th- No way they lose to Atlanta twice. They're not going to lose to Atlanta twice. I think they'll lose to them once. 
No, they don't lose home. Okay, that's fair. I think they're going to go three and one. I think they trip somewhere in there. But uh, that's not what we're talking about. Ju at all i and i understand why you might be trying to avoid the next topic i'm going to it's because we're going to talk about last week's scoreboard so we'll tighten this up for you guys a little bit this week um we'll get better every week as we do this uh we're, we're feeling each other out we're getting back in the we're getting back in the groove of the fizz here but last week the games that me and ju discussed were uh who the bills play i've just had bills down they chargers they just played the chargers so bills chargers titans colts Chiefs, Bucks, Packers, Bears, Lions, Texans. Um, so let's run through those games. Bills were favored five and a half. Frank and Ju over the Chargers took the Bills at five and a half. That hit. That's a win. Uh, that is the best part of the show for Ju. This is going to look like a nightmare afterwards. Uh, Titans, Colts. Titans were plus three. I took Titans. Jay took Colts. Titans won that game. Covered the spread. W for me. Uh, next game that we were looking at was. Chiefs Bucks. Uh, I took the Chiefs at plus or at minus three and a half. Jay took the Bucks. That is a win for me and L for Jay. Uh, Packers Bears. Yeah, we're just, we're gonna keep going through them all. Packers Bears. Jay got all hot and bothered over the Bears and Big Dick Nick, who did, oh, I thought who didn't Big even, Dick Nick was gonna play. <laughs> who didn't even play. So that is a tough look. Yeah, I, mean, I thought Big Nick, Big Dick Nick was playing, but I ended up with. Mitch the bitch. Yeah, so I, I, 41 points. I don't think anything would have been any different. They were in the heart of Lambeau. Uh, it was chilly out. Uh, Rodgers has uh, that look in his eye. That was minus eight for Green Bay. Green Bay covered that with ease. And then, of course, we're going to teach our friend how it works with the Detroit Lions. But on Thanksgiving Day, he thought we'd have a Thanksgiving Day miracle. Instead, they lost by, I don't know, double digits. And the coach and the, coach and the GM got fired. <laughs> well, so. um, for that Lions game, I did text you. During the game when they were doing well, I was like, yeah, man. And then you just, you send me a text back, you'll learn. Yeah. <laughs> you'll learn. And you will. I mean, literally, like, you, that that defines what, like, a new Lions fan is. Like, this is the game that turns the season around. No, in fact, it changes the whole direction of the franchise. So, that's just how it goes. So, um, just throwing this out there. No one's keeping score, except we are keeping score because we're sports guys. I am 5-0 and um, on picks. I went a perfect 5-0 and last week, and Jay went 1-4. and Yikes. Well, just, just so you know, the reason, you know, it was my first week on the show. Mm-hmm. I had to let you, you know, get your, you know. I feel that, it yeah. Was, yeah. It is my 40, it was, like, it was my 45th week yeah, on the show. So, exactly. Yeah. But this week, I'm back. Good. I'm ready. So we're going to tighten this up a little bit for you guys, uh, and we're just going to pick our locks of the week, and then we're going to give you guys his favorite team's the Bills because he played for them, my favorite team's the Lions because, oh, fuck, <laughs> fuck me, I was born here. So so uh, let's start with, I, I'll lead off, I'll lead off with my lock of the week here, and my lock of the week, I'm looking up and down the odds here, and there's a couple that I like, there's a couple I'm thinking about. And I think the most exciting one, I think the one team that's taken care of me pretty good this year outside of the Pittsburgh Stillas is I'm going to go with, I'm looking for the line right now, found it. I am going to go with the Tennessee Titans with a little bit of a bigger line here at minus six at home. And the reason I'm taking this pick is for a couple of reasons. Number one, last year you saw what the Tennessee Titans did late in the season. They just turned it up. And by the Tennessee Titans, I mean Derrick Henry. 
Derrick Henry is a freak of nature. He's a created player. And the coolest thing about Derrick Henry that we're starting to learn is he gets better as the game goes on. And besides the and by game, I mean season, which is one of the most impressive, one of the most admirable uh, attributes of an athlete, in my mind, is a player that gets good as the game goes on, a, a, a player that gets better as other teams get tired. In addition to that, the Browns are now 8-3. and three. They're creating a little bit of noise. They're being pretty good. This is prime time Browns time for them to just eat shit. Like, this is like what they do. Growing up a Lions fan, doing Lions stuff, the bigger the game, the harder they fall. I think Baker has a miserable time in Tennessee, and I think the I think Derrick Henry runs all over them. My lock of the week for week 13, Tennessee Titans minus six at home versus the Cleveland Browns. Wow. You just shit on Baker. I did. Baker, Baker, touchdown maker. <laughs> Baker stinks, man. <laughs> My lock of the week is a pick'em. Love a good pick'em. You know, it's, it's just, meh. Who's so, going to win? Flip the coin. Who's going to win? Yeah. You know, six one way, half a dozen the other. My lock of the week, even though I do love both quarterbacks, I absolutely love, love, love Cam Newton. But I think this Justin Herbert, I said in way back during the draft, I said he was going to be a stud. During the draft, I said they should pick, any team should pick this guy up. And he's proven it. Because I watched him when he was at Oregon. He was a stud. Absolute stud. Um, pick of the week, I'm going Anthony Lynn saving his job and winning against Bill Belichick. So I'm going with the Chargers. At home. At home. Anthony Lynn saving his job over Big Bel- Bill Belichick. Patriots at Chargers in a pick uh, and J.U. is going with the Chargers. Remember it, believe it, know it. So those are our locks of the week, and then as you guys know, uh, well, maybe not as you guys know, this might be your first time listening, but J.U. is a big Bills fan because he played for them, um, and he's from the area, and I'm a Lions fan because I was fucking born here, and I just said that earlier, but we are going to pick these two games with a score prediction. Um, of what happens this week. So this week we have the Detroit Lions under uh, Bevel, new head coach, because Matt Patricia and Quinn were fired, if, if you hadn't heard. Um, Daryl Bevel. Daryl Bevel. He's a coach that you got to say his first and last name. is similar to former uh, Lions OC Jim Bob Cooter. Very, well, Jim Bob Cooter. It's, it's like, you, but you can't, you, you got to say the full name. It's got to be Jim Bob Cooter. Where is the Cooter? You can't just days. say Coach Cooter. No, that's that's true. I mean, you can, but only in bed. Where's the Coots these days? Okay. I don't know either. So here's the deal Detroit Lions are going into Chicago. Uh, I'm just going to keep this one short and sweet. I think they're going to kill the Bears. I really, I, Maybe not kill. Let me back up. I think they're going to beat the Bears. They're going to beat the Bears. I wanted to actually make this my lock of the week. The Lions are sitting at plus three going into Soldier Field at Chicago. The Bears are actually, believe it or not, more of a mess at this moment in time, this this actual week moment in time, than the Detroit Lions. The Bears have a better foundation, a better core, better organization, better everything, like top to bottom. In this week, after 
how bad the Bears have looked over the last few weeks. After starting 5-1 and one and are now 5-6, and six, I believe, they can't figure out who their quarterback is. They can't move the ball on offense. The Lions are going to come out with – by the way, the statistics on after a coach is fired is like crazy for winning the next week. They're going to be playing so loose that now that the tyrant is gone, you're going to see the Lions win this game in Chicago – and what's ironic about it is Daryl Bevel will have more wins versus the Bears in one week than Matt Patricia had in three years. So I'm going to say the Lions go in, they play loose, they win this game 27-24 in Soldier Field. Lions win 27-24. You say, you say in Soldier Field like it's such a mystique, like there's going to be fans there. I just needed a way to end the sentence because I tried to end it a little early and I did. I realized it didn't sound like I ended it. Did you hear about, speaking of uh, Daryl Bevel, I know I'm going off topic. It's, it's the, we never do that it's here. It's the Josh. Yeah, we're all it's joshing. It's the Josh. We're all joshing. Um, I haven't even cracked my water. Did you, did you hear about how he ruined his daughter's engagement? Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, we don't even talk about Daryl Bevel. If anybody doesn't know this story, is Daryl Bevel said it was a big week for him that he got named an NFL head coach, and two he ruined two of his daughters' engagements. Right, both of his daughters' boyfriends asked for uh, asked permission for the hand in marriage of his daughters, and he said this in a in a press conference, and they hadn't proposed yet. That's insane. Why would you do that? He was nervous. He's, yeah, he's did, head you, coach. did you ask for your parents, your wife's parents' permission? Yeah, and the brothers. And the brothers. Yeah, made, made him feel good. Yeah. What okay. about you? I asked for my the parents' permission. She has sisters, so I didn't ask, but I asked for the parents' permission. And uh, pretty sexist I, of you, but whatever. That was a joke. Her I, I get it, but like her <laughs> sisters and I are like, we're like we're family right now, anyway. So, but uh. It was one of the most nervous. Like I knew they would say yes, but yeah. yet I was still nervous. Oh yeah, I was nervous as hell. Yeah, but it's just part of it. It's kind of like the wedding. Like, exactly. Like they're they're gonna say yeah, or <laughs> right. I do, or whatever. But, right. But you're still freaking out. <laughs> but anyways, let's go back to this. We'll talk about engagement. Lions prediction twenty seven twenty four in Soldier Field. Um, I think you know, uh, Mitch the bitch is gonna be back starting. Uh, for the line for the Bears, so I'm going with the Lions again. They're gonna win, and I think they're the Lions win. are gonna put up some points. Uh, it's a new coach. They're gonna be excited. They're gonna be they're, loose, man. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna be loose. They're gonna be excited. I say 35-17. Oh, Detroit. I love it. I love it. That's almost the route I went. I I love thirty. I'm gonna write this down. Thirty-five, seventeen. Then I said twenty-seven, twenty-four. Um, yeah. I also like you know part of me though like with. The Bears keeping it close. I also think the Bears like need a relief a little bit, and they're gonna, you know, like, I they they like beating up on the line. I mean, it's a divisional game, and the Lions fucking stink. So like, they're like probably happy to see us after getting embarrassed by Green Bay last week. If I'm being honest. All right, so let's move on to your team. Uh, we got our Lions prediction in. Let's talk about the Bills. Uh, so the Bills, very interesting game. Uh, they are. They're Monday. Are they Monday night or Sunday night football? They're Monday night. They're Monday night football, and the Bills go across country to play the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and I will tell you this: my biggest bet of the week last week was the Los Angeles Rams at home hosting San Fran, um, and I lost my ass because San Fran upset the Rams. I thought San Fran was dead to rights, uh, and I thought the Rams were going to blow them out. 
but it seems like the San Fran defense is getting healthy, and it seems like they're they're not going away just yet. And it's not easy to go to the West Coast, especially um, from the East Coast. It's a lot easier to go to the West Coast from the East Coast than it is from the West Coast to the East Coast. Very fair. Very fair. Um, so the line is spooky small, if I'm being honest here. Uh, the line is Bills minus one. Um, and if you're just looking at the teams head to head, you're like, Bills are going to cover that. No problem at all. Why is the line so small? This is terrifying. What's going on here? Does Shannon have his mojo back? Are the Bills going to be ready? Is Allen ready to go? So very tough pick here. Very tough pick. And, oh my gosh, uh... I'm, I'm struggling with this one. So what I think I'm going to do here, if San Fran is my is plus one and I don't feel that's correct, I got to bet. I got to bet uncomfortable. So what I'm going to do is I'm taking the Niners in a low scoring affair, 25 to 21 over the Bills at home. San wow. Fran's getting healthy. Wow. Well, 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 well. So the line's them, fishy. The line should be bigger. The Bills should be favored. The, the Bills should be favored by more. I don't think so. I think they should. I don't think the Bills should be favored by more. Um, the Bills two two trips out to the West Coast they had this year. They went to Vegas and they beat the the Raiders in Vegas. Yeah, pretty handily. They went to Arizona and they lost to the Cardinals, which really realistically I think they they had. The score was not indicative of the game. I think overall the Bills beat them up pretty bad. This game here really scares me. And they're crazy. I played for both teams. I played for the 49ers and I played for the Bills. The 49ers traded me to the Bills. Humble brag. In week eight. (laughs) (laughs) At least I got the trip to go to London with the Niners. That's cat. And then they traded me. But um, if I was not... From Buffalo, if I was not, if I did not have like true playing experience and everything with the Bills, I would choose the Niners now. You but, heard it. You heard it. But you heard it. But I have to go back home to Western New York. I have to go back home to Buffalo. So yeah, I can't go against my Bills. I remember last week someone telling me to not bet with my heart but to bet with my head that's all i'm gonna say it's a little different here okay yeah i get it you played you played okay hey everyone i he played in the nfl i didn't okay like whatever i worked i worked at fucking coles when he was playing in the nfl i was literally working at coles when he played in the nfl so what's your pick jay i'm going buffalo oh man and i'm going yeah stings when you gotta actually put a score to it 31-28. 31-28. Love that game. Hope it's that exciting of a game. All right, JU's got Buffalo 31-28. I got San Fran 25-21. Jay has Lions 35-17. I have them 27-24. Those are our locks and picks of the week. You're always going to get a Buffalo pick. You're always going to get a Lions pick. And then you're going to get one additional lock of the week from each of us. Lock it in. We'll see how we do. Uh, just throwing this out there. I went five and zero last week. Jay went one and four. So NFL experience not required. <laughs> Only because I was just new on the show. Yeah, my buddy's like a bottle of 
bottle of Josh Deep here. <laughs> okay, so moving on to the last segment of the podcast, we have talked about the NFL at nauseum, um, which I hope our NFL fans have enjoyed. But if you haven't, uh, here's the part of the podcast you've probably all been waiting for. This is over under, and if this is your first time listening, what I do here is I have my buddy Jerry, who lives out in Cleveland. He's an accountant. He's a little bit overweight, whatever. You know, whatever. I, shout out, I, Jerry. Yeah, shout out, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you meet him, I don't know if you'd be shouting out, Jerry. Cleveland, the mistake on the lake. Oh, God. Now he's dusting the city you live in. Okay, so, <laughs> so what he does is every week he sends me a list of... 10 topics, person, places, ideas, things. I've never looked at the list. Uh, I don't know what's on it. Um, but what we do here is I open the email from him. We go through it and we talk about if that thing is over or underrated. Um, I'm sure most of you listening have heard this before. So let's just jump right into it. As always, he opens the email with a little bit of an LGRW, which is Let's Go Red Wings. And I couldn't agree more. So number one on the list, Jay, we're starting with you. Number one. The Maui College Basketball Invitational. Overrated. <laughs> Overrated. Why? Um, I believe we played, Michigan State played in there, and some guy slipped on the logo on the middle of the court and hurt himself a few years back, and Tom Izzo was pissed about it, and he said he wouldn't do it. And then also, too, we were cramping in that tournament, and Tom Izzo said we're never going back. Overrated. That is literally all I needed to hear. Um, I will say overrated too, uh, just because state's not in it, and God forbid we're above it. Um, I don't know. We're in the Blue Bloods tournament. That's all I know. Yeah, beat Duke. Maui College Basketball Invitational, overrated. Number two on the list. I will lead off. Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday used to not be overrated, but now it is overrated because November, December online – especially in COVID, has just turned into all the deals at once. And they don't get better on Black Friday or Cyber Monday. So it's not really like a special day. It's just kind of like the month of deals. So to me, I will say Cyber Monday has become overrated. Cyber Monday, overrated. It's just become overrated. The deals aren't different. They're not special. They're not unique. It's not like the old days where like, it was one day on Monday, the internet, and you'd go do it. Overrated. I never was a fan of Cyber Monday, so... Meh. Meh. <laughs> Fuck them. Number three. Number three. Troy Weaver, who is the GM of the Detroit Pistons. I'm not going to lie. I read it, and I paused because I forgot who it was. And then I thought about it, and I remember who it is. This is the, this is the definition of a, like... It's just, he's just whatever. I don't know. He's brand new. I will say he's underrated simply because he's a brand new GM in the NBA and he's made like a hundred moves in the first three weeks of his job. I'm going to go with Mr. Weaver as underrated because I still want my good seats to the Pistons games this year. So yeah, underrated. Underrated. So me and JU are weirdly on the same page for all of these. Number four. Number four. I am going to let J.U. take the take on this one because I am actually very curious as well. J.U., over-underrated Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, my God. Are you freaking kidding me? What do we got? Buffalo Wild Wings is... If you're... 
Okay, so being from Buffalo, right? All right, and you tell someone you're going to Buffalo Wild Wings, you probably get like shot behind a barn. Exactly. It's like if you're in Mexico and you go to Chili's. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. No. No. You don't go to Buffalo Wild. Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings is highly, highly, highly. I can't say highly enough overrated. That is amazing. Um. So there. I mean, like that's probably very. That's like the most frowned upon place in Buffalo. Yes. There's one <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings in Buffalo, and the parking lot's always empty. So I will definitely agree with this, but I'm not like, I don't have like a, you know, a dog in this fight, but I will just say Buffalo Wild Wings is so underrated, especially for the price, the wait time, and the guttural fucking aftermath of eating buffalo wild wings damn you jerry for putting this on the list <laughs> i think it's smart i think it's smart but i'm gonna say it's overrated as well i mean i'm not gonna lie i love getting buffalo wild wings every once in a while not in buffalo not that i choose it over anything i don't worship it I don't you love will lose it. your wing card in I would, buffalo do you, I, I'm, just just for the record yes yeah. since we're since we're on wings all right if you go to buffalo you do not you never, ever, ever order ranch with your wings. Oh wow, that's that's a big deal. Like, that's a that's a big deal. Like here in Michigan, we're big ranch people. No deal. You go to a, a buddy of mine, Caleb Thornhill. Okay. Roommate. He was a he's from East Lansing. College roommate. He now works for the Dolphins. He came to Buffalo to visit me. We're at a busy restaurant. We ordered wings and pizza. And he's like, hey, can I get some ranch? I swear to God, it was like one of those movies record where the record scratch. Yeah. And I'm there. He's not from here. He's not from here. Oh, I swear. No. They're like, oh, okay. You don't order fucking ranch in Buffalo. Deal. I there, understand. There's signs. If you go to Bill's games and there are signs, there'll be Tom Brady dips his wings in ranch. So, are you allowed to dip it in anything? Or blue cheese. Blue cheese, right? Blue That's cheese. what I was going to say. Okay, 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 okay. Fair. Blue cheese. <laughs> I'm learning, I'm learning. This is good to know. <laughs> but I do think Buffalo Wild Wings is overrated as fuck. I mean, go watch me fucking blazing wings on a 12-minute video. Oh, uh, speaking of wings, quick question for you. I know we're in over in, but quick question. Flats or drums? Uh, oh, all-day drums. Oh, all day flats. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. But is that wrong? Is what I'm saying wrong, or is that just an opinion? It's like, just like, an be opinion. Honest, like, it's okay. just an opinion. But like in Buffalo, no, no, no. Either way, it's fine. For me, it's drums all day. For me, it's flats all day. Okay, fair. Okay, I just didn't know <laughs> if I like if if, no, if that was can, one you, of those. You can one of those go. Things. You can go to Buffalo and order drums. Is that pretty fifty fifty? You yeah, say? Yeah. Okay. But I love a flat. Like, don't get me wrong. Oh, I'm flats all day. But I'm like, going to order all flats. Really? I'll pay the extra dollar ninety nine for all flats. Is it extra two for drums though? Or no, those... no, because it's fucking drums. No one likes drums. It's the fucking leftovers. <laughs> Someday I'll tell you how wings originated because it started at the Anchor Bar in Buffalo. Number five, Ju. Let's move on. <laughs> Struck a nerve with that one, Jared. It was kind of like fucking Josh Wine last week, um, which, which the bottle is gone. Uh, number five, snow. Snow. I will leave this one off. I will say, um, man, this is like tough because like it's like it's like what opinion of snow do you take? Um, okay, here we go. I'll, I'll back this up. Snow is overrated. S snow is an overrated thing 
in the world because I am a Michigander. I'm a four seasons type of guy and I enjoy my winter. But what I enjoy the most about winter is playing outdoor hockey. And this is my like deductive reasoning of this. It's like, I like playing outdoor hockey because of the ice, not because of the snow. Really snow is just kind of like a wet inconvenience of whenever I have to go somewhere. So I'm going to say snow is overrated. I will as well say snow is overrated. Being born in Africa and living there the first 10 years of my life yeah. and then moving to Buffalo, <laughs> yeah. New York, where there's a shit ton of snow. And yeah, snow's not for me. Yeah. Snow, overrated. Yeah, I'll say it's overrated. I'll say it's overrated. Snow's overrated. Number six, uh, road trips. Over underrated, you're up. Road trips are underrated. I'd say so too. Yeah, you you get your you get your your boys. Yeah, you hop in a car, mm-hmm. you road trip, and not a care in the world. Yeah, you're just yeah you chatting it up. It's good. It's a good time. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been on a road trip in a while. Like road trips really remind me of like the like uh, me and my dad. If I'm being honest, you know, not not even so much the boys. Like more more my dad. Just kind of that was like our we would go down to. Uh, excuse me for this, but we'd go down to University of Notre Dame every year for a football game. That's where we went to college, and that was like our road trip, and it was like a fucking blast. So, yeah. warm spot in my heart for road trips. I'm going to say they're underrated. Definitely underrated. Number seven, Pringles. I'm going to jump on this one. I'm going to say Pringles are underrated. Pringles are like never my first choice choice of chip. They're never my first four or five choice of chips but if they fall into my possession and i get that can of fucking pringles people forget how thin those things are and how many you can like inhale and you can go through that whole tube like it's nothing and they're very good i'm gonna say pringles are underrated pringles are definitely overrated wow i get my hands stuck in the tube and (laughs) it's like all these they, they, they try to do too much all these flavors i just like some original lace potato chips no flavor, nothing. Just salt Lay's potato chips. I thought I was the white guy on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jesus no. Christ, Pringles Jay. definitely overrated. <laughs> Just like some good old salted Lay's. Okay. Some Lay's with some hell of a dip. Dipping sauce. That's a buffalo dip. So. <laughs> okay, I'll learn the dips. I'll yeah. learn the dips. Number eight. Number eight. Uh, reading books. Um... So I'll, I'll take this from my stance first. Reading books, like there's two approaches I could take and I will come on an answer here. So for me, I don't read books. I'm ignorant. Like I don't read books. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't take the time to do it. Like that's overrated. Like you could easily take that ignorant route. If that's stupid. I don't, I don't do that. And I don't do that. I don't read books. But I do think as like an individual, as like a human, as knowing how to do things, reading books is probably very drastically underrated probably throughout this country the world everything so overall i will say reading books is underrated if i read more i'd probably be smarter be more knowledgeable etc i don't read books though so i don't want you guys to think i'm no, saying no, no. Like, so you got to get your opinion you forget america's opinion my, what my, you reading books overrated or underrated you when i have taken the time to read books it's oh i've never regretted it <laughs> So I'm going to say, I still am going to stick with reading books is underrated. Okay. I actually, and it's crazy that this topic came up because I just got thought about reading a book into reading, but I ordered books <laughs> and I got it in and I was sitting there and I told my wife, I was like, 
we need to set aside. Yes, time to read books. Forty-five minutes a day. Oh, wow. not a day. No, not a day. I was like, like wow. On a on a Sunday or a weekend, you know, forty-five minutes for reading time. And I got my first book, and I just actually joined uh, oh, NFL wow. Players Association book club. That's a funny visual. If I'm yeah, being, if I'm being honest with you, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be ignorant about it and say that's funny. Yeah, I just joined a book club, and so every month we get a book. Yeah, every month. And color, then, it's not a coloring. It's not a coloring. Book okay, okay, gotcha. Because football players are smart. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, so I think reading books are uh, underrated. Yeah, great. Well, I'm glad. Look at we are now becoming a studious podcast. Look at us. Look at my wife reads all the time, and it's like she rips books, and I just am there like betting on the fucking Steelers. So whatever. Number nine. Uh, so the Detroit Pistons, number nine, Detroit Pistons sign Leangelo Ball. I'm going to be honest with you here, Jer. I know you put this list together. I know he's part of the Ball family. I know there's two other brothers who, like, there's one on the Lakers and one just got drafted by... The Charlotte Hornets. Hornets, who are a team, correct, yes. Michael Jordan owns them. <laughs> yeah, they used to be the Bobcats. So... Um, I am going to say this is overrated because if he wasn't signed by another team and now the Pistons have him, it can't be good. I'm going to say it's underrated I like because it. um, I think uh, he's he's a good player. And I think overall, when he was not signed before, it was because he was overshadowed by his father's everything. Antics. Everything, yeah. yeah. But I think he's a good ball player. Where did he come from? He Was he in Europe? No, no, his brother was in in Europe. He played. Is he older or younger? He's the middle brother. Okay, so the youngest just got drafted. Lamelo just got drafted, and the oldest is on the Lakers. Yes, and we got the middle guy. You got Jello, and I heard nothing's guaranteed on that contract. Right, right. So interesting. He, he's hungry. Damn, can I? Mm. You, I'm, I'm a switch. I'm gonna switch and say it's underrated. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of like that now. We got the ball. We got one of the balls. <laughs> we got balls. We got we balls. Got balls. All right, we gotta end this podcast. Number ten. Oh, number ten. Christmas music. I don't give a shit. Christmas music. Christmas music is underrated. I love Christmas music. I love it when it's Christmas time and I hear that those fucking jams. My favorite Christmas song is the Stevie Wonder. Uh, what Christmas means to me. That's my favorite Christmas song, and I love it, and it's underrated. I think Christmas music, you can't play Christmas music till after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I'm my, in that camp. I'm my, in that camp. My wife tried tricking me Uh-oh. with this. Because I told her, you can't, we can't do any Christmas stuff So after Thanksgiving, because I'm a big eater. I want Thanksgiving <laughs> to get its proper due. But I in, agree. I'm with you Canada, 100%. 100%. In Can- she's Canadian, and in Canada, Thanksgiving's the, the second weekend in October. Oh, man. So she tried pulling the okie doke. She's like, well, Do you wear masks can't... and, like, trick-or-treat, or...? No, it's it can't... Thanksgiving in Canada, you give thanks for the harvest. I don't... It's harvest season. You that's how... Thanks... That's spooky month, though. No, at the end of October is for spooky. I thought but... America dictated the holidays. No, America does not dictate the holidays. <laughs> All right? Don't make people think I'm anti-American over I'm just here. curious. Okay? So, so you guys wear masks to... at... She wanted to do Thanksgiving Thanks-a-ween. for Thanksgiving. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's what you... I like it. But no, Christmas music, ah, 
you know what? I'm not a big fan of Christmas music, but there is one. Alan Jackson. Okay. Let It Be Christmas. All right. I feel like most people have, uh, like, if they don't like Christmas music, if, you know, they, they think it gets played too early, you know, they're against it. Like, but there's always that one song that, like, rustles their jimmies to, like, be like, yeah, it's fucking Christmas. No, I think, no, I, I'm going to go with Christmas music <laughs> overrated because, like. You just said you loved the fucking song. I just, I like that one song. That's what I mean. I think there's always one song for somebody. Yeah, but no, like, if people like, no, Christmas music is overrated. All right, fair. Fair enough. Okay. Maui College Basketball Invitational. Both of us thought that was overrated. Excuse me. Uh, Cyber Monday. We both thought that was overrated. Troy Weaver. Both underrated. Ju wants his tickets. Buffalo Wild Wings. Both overrated. Snow. Both overrated. Road trips. Both underrated. Pringles. I thought are underrated. Ju. Uh, apparently, the, the the white guy on this podcast <laughs> thinks they are overrated. Uh, reading books, uh, underrated by us, uh, studious podcast, 19 P- piston sign, Leangelo, uh, Leangelo ball, excuse me, uh, both underrated and number 10 Christmas music. I said was underrated. He said was overrated. That is episode 45 of the fizz. We will be back next week. I hope everyone has a good week. Stay safe. Keep it real. We out. Last week.